All right, this is kind of a confusing question. I'm not very good with this. Are we recording this on site in another state at a campground? Answer the question. Yes. But we're recording this in the exact same seats, <laughs> in the exact same <laughs> camper as we do when we're home. Oh, well, yeah, but it's more So fun. are we really recording this on site? Mm. Which came first, the chicken or the egg? I think we're recording it on site. I think so, too. Georgia. The United gr- States. <laughs> Not the country. <laughs> Hi, I'm Scott. And I'm Brandy. We are full-time husband and wife, part-time RVers. Sharing RV tips, tricks, and our adventures along the way. Hello and welcome to episode 20 of Cramming Memories. Yay, we're so glad you're here. That's right. Today, we're going to talk about a couple things. Um, First things are RV people. Well, we are people. (laughs) But RV people. Oh, RV, like recreational vehicle people? That's it. Um, (laughs) Okay. We consider ourselves RV people. Of course we do. We've hung around other RV people. And if you're listening to this, chances are your RV people as well. This is true. There are a lot of good things. Lots. And there are some things that we need to warn you about. We got to be nice. That's right. So we're going to talk about RV people and time to winterize. Good news for us, though. What is that? It's not time for us to winterize yet. No, not in the deep south. I see a lot of our uh, friends that are more up north or, um, or else maybe this is just a time of year that they normally put it away. Right, because holiday gets busy. seasons yeah. are upon us. But um, winterizing, what does that mean? What do you do? What do we normally do? So we're going to chat through that too. Sounds good. And we'll be right back. Welcome back, and we are going to chat about RV people. Yes. All right. So right off the top, RV people are generally great people. Well, of course. They're We're good, amazing. They're good people. They like to help. Mm-hmm. They like to solve problems. They like to watch you. Some might say salt of the earth. Well, okay. That's a good one. <laughs> but RV people are great people. Um, most RV people are people who can solve problems. Because mm-hmm. when you're RVing, usually there's no one around to help. So you got to figure it out. You have to figure it out. So that is a very good thing. Um, RV people are generally people that want to help others too. Well, yeah, for the most part, I'd say so. They'll help you back you into a side or they'll let you borrow their honey wagon if you need one. Or fix a water line. Or fix a water line. All of the above. But this is not what we're talking about. No. What we're talking about is RV people like us. Yes. So we're going to throw ourselves in this bucket. Um, We do have some problems too. Are you sure? Yes. The biggest issue with RV people, whenever we interact with non-RV people, mm-hmm. is we don't know how to stop talking about RVing. Well, it's kind of like what we do. I know. So it's hard. So today we're going to talk about some things that you can do to combat this. Oh, okay. We okay. hope. We hope. All right. So let's just start off right at the top here. You have to realize that all stories that you tell your friends are all stories that they tell you, you don't have to come back to them with a story that begins with, when I was RVing. 
<laughs> or when I was camping. Because if you spend a lot of your off time thinking about camping, planning camping, RVing. It's kind of what you do. It is what you do. So whenever somebody asks, um, hey, man, what did you do? You, you know, you normally say, well, when I was camping. This weekend. This, this weekend. So what you have to do, I actually tell my son this. Whenever you're in a group of people, if you talk more than once every third or fourth time somebody else talks, you're talking too much. Oh. So make sure. Good personal tip. You only, <laughs> <laughs> make sure you only have one camper story for every three or four other stories. That's a lot. It's a lot. But I think it's safe. It keeps you out of that weird RVer zone. But it's okay, right? It's okay to share your love and what you do love about RVs, but you have to be careful to go over the edge. You know your audience. Crazy RV people, yeah. Because you just have to know when to stop about the RV stories. <laughs> so the next one I really do feel strongly about. Okay. So to not talk about it in this way is very hard for me. So we must realize a campfire is not required for meaningful conversation. Oh, huh. I know. And we actually struggle with this because one of the things we do at our house, we usually do put them in front of a campfire. We we set it up in our driveway. Yeah. And we have our fire pit and we have a campfire. And a, there's a lot of meaningful conversations had around the campfire. Yeah, I think people can relax and it's a chatty time. And people who are not used to it don't really know what to think about it at first. I just sit back and take it in, friends. But there are times that you don't need a campfire for a meaningful conversation. It can happen around a dinner table. Mm. It can happen in front of a television. It can happen other places. I guess so. All right. All right, RV people, let's let's really be honest about this next one. Not every t-shirt or coffee mug needs to say happy camper. <laughs> You cannot be an RV person if you do not have at least one Happy Camper t-shirt in your closet. That is right. So let's just back off of some of this. Hey, there was a nut. Something just fell on the camper. Did y'all hear it? I don't know. Maybe not. There are tons of acorns falling off the trees here. They have aggressive squirrels in in, the great state of Georgia. Georgia. (laughs) And we'll talk a little bit about where we are here in just a second. Um, but, But yeah, maybe back off some of the RV clothing and our coffee mugs. Just maybe a little. Might be a good idea. Um... Next one, there are other vacation spots beyond campgrounds. Hmm. All of our vacations revolve around campgrounds. They, yeah, they do. And they usually revolve around state parks. Yeah. So true, true, there are true, other true, things. True. And if people bring up going and staying in a condo, don't immediately go to, OMG, how do you sleep in a bed where thousands <laughs> of other people have slept? <laughs> I take my camper so I can sleep in my own bed. I think I've heard that comment a time or two. (laughs) (laughs) Valid point. That's one of the reasons why we take our camper. But it's all right. Let people enjoy the fact that they go and vacation in spots that aren't campgrounds. Okay. All right. And the last one here, this this is really quick. Non-RV people are normal people too. Oh, really? Yes. But they may not understand where you're coming from. They don't understand the language. No, so let me just throw out a little story. So I was uh, at lunch with a group of guys the other day, and we were just chatting about RVs. Uh, Most of these guys have RV'd, or they know people who have. And I was just chatting about, it's still a dream of mine to do the the whole out west trip, because we live on the East Coast. Yes. To drive all the way 
um, across Texas um, and go up to Arizona, mm-hmm. then end up in Moab. Yep, which and, is not in Arizona. Well, no, but just kind of do that <laughs> south through, through Texas, up through Arizona. Okay, there you go. Um, Moab, or, you know, Grand Canyon, Moab, and then come back down Route 66, which Brandy and I have actually driven it's most of It's pretty awesome. But we didn't have a camper with us. And a couple guys said, man, that's crazy. I would just fly out there and rent a camper. Now, that sounds like a great idea. Yeah. And, it, and it's probably a great vacation. And you would cut your time in at least half. But that's not an RV person. But they just could not understand why I would want the process of driving across. No. Fill in the blank state. Right. There are so many things to see across every state that I really think that um, we can make it memorable to just drive out there, drag Mm -hmm. in the camper, and make it happen. Some of our best memories were definitely made on roadside Things that we weren't planning on stopping and doing. Yeah. So just remember, they are normal people too. Okay. But they're not going to (laughs) understand every reason why you want to RV. Yep. All right. Maybe that'll help you be a normal person and not an RV person whenever you need to. Yep. All right. We're sitting here in our camper in the great state of Georgia. Yes, we are. We are um, a little bit north of Atlanta in a campground called Shady Grove Campground. We are very excited to be here. This is our first time here. Yeah, they're on um, Lake Lanier. Beautiful. It is a it is a gorgeous lake. Campground is amazing. Um, we'll have a campground review on it soon. Um, we've just been super happy with it. It's um, right on the lake. There's a lot of waterfront. Oh, amazing. Spots. Yep. Our spot is literally right on the water. We can walk down, get in the lake, kayak. It's yep. awesome. It's been right here. Now, it's a little tight getting in this one. And um, I did a Insta story probably about a week ago by the time that you listened to this. But um, we actually highlighted some of the spots that we liked around the campground. Mm-hmm. The one we're in was tight and they could have moved us. But I really wanted to stay right here because of the view. Oh, this is amazing. So we just wiggled old free to the camper back and forth. And we got this big <laughs> girl in here. Yeah, we um, we we definitely squeezed into a tight pair of jeans. But it's worked out really well. Um, one of the reasons why we're here, there, there's a company called um, Georgia Glamping. Yes, y'all need to look them up. They are amazing. They're actually set up all around us in this little corner here. And um, it is it is really Really cool what they've done. Uh, we got the tour one of the uh, camping sites yesterday, and just whenever you walk into one of their um, tents, right? And I, and I use the word tent very loosely. Yes. So if you don't know who Georgia Glamping is, they are a company that gives you an amazing tent camping experience, and this is glamping at its finest. They have beautiful canvas bell tents set up with. Full-size beds, queen-size beds. They've got your refrigerator, your coffee maker, um, heaters for winter, air, air conditioners for summer. I mean, just beautiful, amazing setups. Yeah, and just right when you unzip it and walk through, um, it's just, I mean, 
place smells nice. Yeah, it's They even amazing. worry about how the place smells and the way it's set up and the rugs on the ground and the bedding's already there and the coffee maker's there and the refrigerator's there. All you have to do is literally show up. You show up, you bring your food, you bring your items for the bathhouse, and that's really it. Yeah, and as we said, Lake Lanier is just is just a beautiful area. Um, there is a boat launch here. There is a boat launch. There is um, a sweet little beach area where you can go and hang out on the beach. Great for kayaking. Lots of fishermen. Um, we've seen boats all on the water today. Yeah, and, and all around here, um, if you need to run the grocery or go grab a bite to eat, there's also plenty of yep. places to do that too. Yep. All right, we just wanted to highlight where we are right now. We're on site recording this, but we're in the same camper, so I'm kind of in a weird spot here because it doesn't <laughs> feel any different than sitting in my driveway and doing it other than the acorns hitting the top every 10 or 15 minutes. Which is fine. Yeah, which is fine. All right, boys and girls, it is that time of year that some RVers are having to put their RV away for the long winter. Oh, that's so sad. Yeah, I mean, whenever I see people that, that live further north than us or even more out west where they get snow a lot sooner than us, mm-hmm. um, it saddens me that they're camping They're season. already tucking them away for the season, yeah. It's totally cut short. Um, we are down in the deep south. Sometimes I don't winterize till January. Right. Sometimes you winterize for two weeks. That's true, too, because sometimes we don't get in the uh, freezing zone un- until after Christmas. Right. There have been years where we barely dip into it, and I haven't had to winterize. I've just done some minimal stuff. But if if you are in the boat where you're going to have to winterize, here are some things that you need to do, and this is what it means if you're an RV newbie and you've never winterized. So, right off the top, the biggest thing about winterizing, the biggest thing is getting all of the water out of your water lines, getting all of the water drained out of your holding tanks, and getting all of the water drained out of your water heater and your freshwater tank. That sounds that like would a be really big job, tank. though. It is, but it really doesn't take that long once you, know, once you do it. So, this is very controversial. Oh, yes. You will find a hundred different answers. Do I use RV antifreeze? Do I just blow the lines out? Do I do both? Or do I do nothing and just drain the tanks and leave the heater on in the camper? And you will find people who do all the above. Right. So, I'm going to tell you what my opinion is. If I'm only going to dip freezing for one or two nights, and if I'm going to use the camper pretty soon, mm-hmm. I would just blow the water lines out and drain all the tanks. And what I mean by blow the water lines out, they actually sell an attachment that screws into where your fresh water goes, and you put an air compressor on it. And you usually have to um, meter that air to under 30 PSI, because you don't want to blow lines off, right? Oh, no. And you hook that air to it and you open up all the faucets and your shower and any outside showers and you blow it out. So that just blows water up through? It blows air through the lines. It pushes most of the water out. Yeah. Um, I would go ahead and bypass your um, water heater 
before you do that. And you can drain the water heaters by pulling a plug out of them. Okay. So I would definitely do that first. But um, if you're winterizing for the longer winter or like I do, God love us, um, in January sometimes for just a couple (laughs) months, I actually blow my lines out, but I also put RV antifreeze in it Mm -hmm. because I just, it's such a small thing to do. It's very inexpensive. That I would hate to not do it and then have to fix something the following couple right. months whenever, you know, whenever it warms up. So how do you put RV antifreeze in? And I will also say this, um, if you're going to use RV antifreeze, you don't necessarily have to blow your water lines out. You can pull your um, low water drains and just let it all drain out, put those back in and then push RV antifreeze in it and you should be good to go. But there's a couple ways to actually get it in there. Um, you can buy a pump. Mm-hmm. That you can pump it in where your fresh water hooks up. It's usually a hand pump. Okay. That is one way. I actually bought one on clearance this year that I'm going to try it that way just because I've never tried it. The other way is you take your uh, fresh water pump loose and you um, get a little half inch hose and you put it into an RV antifreeze jug mm-hmm. and you turn that pump on and you let the pump push it through the lines for you. And you open up every faucet, hot and cold, with your water heater bypassed. Okay, always bypass your water heater first. And you let all the RV antifreeze come out of the faucets for the hot and cold, out of the shower, any exterior showers too. And then um, once you get that good pink stuff coming out of all the stuff, you're good to go. So does it coat those lines or does it fill up those lines Mm -hmm. or does it... Sit in those lines all winter? I don't understand. Yeah, it actually fills them up. And okay. It, and it does sit in there. Um, and this stuff, believe it or not, it actually does freeze if it gets way below freezing. It's called antifreeze. Yeah. But it but it doesn't get hard. It turns into like a slushy. Gross. So so whenever it does freeze, it, it won't like expand. It turns into a slushy and just stays kind of like semi-solid, so it doesn't burst any of your lines. Okay. Yeah. So that's, that's in like my opinion, that's that's the safest thing. And I know that if you have one that's under warranty, and if you don't fully winterize it like that, and a line blows off or a faucet gets busted, and you take it back to them, their first question is, is going to be, why is there no antifreeze in it? Oh, they, so that could void a warranty. Yeah, they. Yeah, you'd have to pay for getting that fixed. Okay. All right. The other thing that you do put RV antifreeze in is uh, you do pour some down um, all of your all of your traps. So down every sink. Mm-hmm. So you want to make sure that there's RV antifreeze sitting in those P traps under all the sinks. Okay, so it's coming out of the faucet, and then you're going to manually pour it down the sinks. Yep, to go ahead and get that P trap full of that. So if that were to freeze, it doesn't bust your drain line. Okay. Also do it in your shower drain, Mm -hmm. so that's all coated too. Um, And also pour some down in your black tank through your toilet. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Do you pour it in the potty too? Yeah, maybe like a half gallon. And then also let that valve shut and fill your toilet up to where you would normally leave water in it. Okay. So that keeps that seal nice and lubricated. And by pouring that down in the black tank and in the uh, sinks, what that does is let that RV antifreeze drain down to where your drain valves are. Because if that froze too, that could bust those drain valves where you empty your gray and black water. Okay. Does that make sense? It does. All right. It's a hot topic. Whether you agree with me or not, do something. 
Mm-hmm. Don't just do nothing. Okay, now you keep saying bypass the water heater. Yeah. Can you explain what that means? Yeah, so um, you don't want to put RV you antifreeze. Y'all, these are real questions. I have no clue yeah. what we're talking about. Y- you don't want to put RV antifreeze into your water heater. Um, if you did accidentally do it, and I had a friend that accidentally did it when I was there, mm-hmm. um, don't freak out, though. Just don't turn your water heater on. It is possible that if that antifreeze is in there and you and you turn it on, it's really hard to get it out. Mm-hmm. But um, if, if you do, just immediately pull your drain out of it and flush it. Just push water through it, and I think you'll be all right. But um, you don't want anything sitting in that... Um, water heater over the winter. So you pull that low drain plug out of it mm-hmm. and you let all the water drain out of it and typically leave that drain out all winter long. Okay. That way if there's if there's a tad bit of water down in the bottom and it uh, freezes, it can expand, mm-hmm. push out that hole, you've got zero problems. So then there's no, you don't have to put any kind of antifreeze in it to keep nope. it safe over nope. the winter. You actually bypass it, which means uh, fresh water can't get to it. Oh, okay. And it bypasses around it and you drain it and awesome. leave it drained. Okay. Good to know. It's pretty simple. And that's also a good time next season before you put the drain back in to just run water through it and flush it out. Because mm-hmm. it's been sitting. Yep. And I mean, that'll get any sediment out of it too. Because as that water heater operates, if you have any hard minerals in your water, that does settle in there, just like it does your just home. Just like it, yeah. I was going to say, just like it ha- the Absolutely. house. All right. Hot topic behind us. Next one, exterior of your camper. How do you winterize the exterior of our camper? <laughs> <laughs> well, kind of another hot topic. Uh, some people cover theirs. Yeah. We don't. I do not. Um, some people swear by them. Um, I just make sure that our camper is sealed and all the um, sealer on all the uh, seams are sealed. All the decor up top is nice and good mm-hmm. and that it's washed before winter and we're good to go. And then after winter, I check everything again to make sure none of those seals have cracked. Right. And our RV is not sitting under trees mm-hmm. or it's not in any kind of harsh element areas other than i mean the wind. sun right that's the yeah. biggest um one of the negatives to to having a cover is if they don't fit super tight especially if you have a fiberglass camper in the winter as that cover blows around it can actually sit there and rub the the gel coat off your fiberglass Hmm. So that is something that can happen um it can break the rain spouts off as it moves around but if you keep it covered well and tight, I imagine it really does help. Because oh, you, I would think so. Yeah, because you don't have the sun beating down right. on it. Obviously, the like best thing would be to get it under something. If you had a pole barn mm-hmm. or if you had indoor storage. Yeah, I would think that most RVers do not, though. No, most don't. That's kind of a dream of mine is is to have a shop that I can back the RV in. Oh, the RV dream. The RV dream. <laughs> yeah, so, um, you know, if you haven't a, a nice-fitting cover, um, I say do it. One of the reasons why we don't is our down season is not very long in the southeast. No, and generally uh, during the holidays, after the holidays, you've got some downtime. And so we try to sneak away for weekends if we can. Yeah, so my thought is if I have a cover on it, I've watched people do it. It does not look any fun. Oh, no. I think that would be super duper hard. Yeah, so I think I'm less likely to actually use it if I do have a cover. So I'm just taking the chance no cover and just being uh, vigilant about keeping all the seals nice and maintained. 
how do you, what do you do to maintain the battery? All right. Number one step that you need to do, um, a lot of campers have the battery disconnect. Ours does not. Mm -hmm. So if you have a battery disconnect and you're going to leave the battery on the camper, go ahead and flip that switch or turn that key or Mm -hmm. twist the dial, you know, (laughs) because there are are all kinds. Um, If not, take the battery cables loose. So then the battery's not connected during the winter while yeah, it's winterized. Because there there are things in this camper like the um, some of the um, sensors, like the um, propane sensor, mm-hmm. that is 12 volts. That will drain your battery. Your um, DVD players are usually more like automotive style DVD players. Yeah. And they do pull a little bit of power even when they're totally off. So I would definitely disconnect that battery. If you're in a climate that gets super duper cold and way below freezing for months at a time, I would pull the battery out and bring it in your shop or bring it in your basement. Some people even put a a maintenance charger on them, which means it's even less than a trickle charger. It's just enough to give it a little bit of power so all winter long it doesn't go totally dead. Batteries hate to go totally dead. It's really bad for them. Do you have to jump off a battery? Absolutely. Absolutely. Like a camper battery? Well, you have to charge it. Oh, okay. I guess it's the same thing. But if you let it go really, really dead, sometimes they will never charge back up. So if it's going to be out there a long time in super sub-zero temperatures, I would pull it out, pull it in my shop, put a little maintenance charger on it, and you're good to go. Okay. Propane tanks. I pretty much just turn them off and leave them on the camper. Yeah. What is popular opinion? I don't know. That's a great question. (laughs) I just thought about it. Propane tanks. (laughs) I don't know. So, um, yeah, I, I just turn them off and leave them there. I mean, people use propane heating um, all over the uh, nation yeah. during super sub-zero temperatures. So, I don't think anything negative is, is going to happen to your propane tanks. Now, if you're afraid somebody's going to um, give them a five-finger discount and sneak off with them. <laughs> Which does happen. Uh, you may want to pull your battery and your propane tanks off and pull them in your garage or basement. Um, just so nobody walks off with them because you're not checking your camper a lot Mm -hmm. or, or, you know, or it's covered and they could sneak up under there and grab your stuff and you have no idea. That's good advice. Yeah. So maybe just from a standpoint of you don't want to have to buy new ones next year. (laughs) All right. Dry your tears, people. Winterizing is coming, but it will be over soon. All right. Thank you guys for listening to episode 20. We talked about how great us RV people are, but maybe how not to be such RV people (laughs) that people don't like RV people. Yep, Yep. not to be those RV people. (laughs) Also, we're uh, in the great state of Georgia enjoying some nice fall weather um, here at uh, Shady Grove Campground. Yeah, it's amazing, y'all. And we chatted about winterizing your RV and some of the things that you may want to do uh, before you put her to bed for the winter. Yeah, that seems a little sad, but it's definitely necessary. That's true. So we're encouraging you to start cramming memories. Into everyday life. 